Mud Stories, Episode 58. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. During this time, you know, we did go through the sentencing and we literally had 30 seconds before the bailiff came in to hug him, tell him we loved him, tell him that we were praying for him. I mean, we were just, you know, spitting out all this stuff really, really fast, and, and that was it. And so when he was sentenced and her, you know, gavel came down, that sheriff was right over to him, emptying his pockets and handcuffing him. And and we wanted, um, you know, we always make that clear to people, we wanted our son to get something from this. We didn't want him to go home with a slap on the wrist and then continue in that lifestyle that he was living. We wanted him, we wanted this to hurt for him. Uh, we just didn't expect it to hurt so bad for us. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey friends, welcome back to the Mud Stories podcast. I'm so glad you're here because we are continuing part two of my conversation with Leela Cheely today, all about parenting our adolescent and young adult children and the mud that we experience as we do. And it's so much fun to grow with them and be with them, but it can be so very hard. And so I'm super thankful that Leela has joined us and that she's sharing not only her own experience walking through the mud, but also some wisdom and tips and things that she's learned along the way to hopefully help us as we walk through this season of life. So for those of you who missed part one of my conversation with Leela, I would highly recommend that you just stop right here and pause. We will be here when you get back and go back and listen to the first part of her story. You can get there by going to JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 57. Now, Leela is a mom to three beautiful children, two of whom are grown and living on their own, and she's a grandma to two little girls who resides in Nebraska with her husband, Gene. Leela is an author and a speaker, a writer, a conference host, and she transparently shares in this episode the mud that she faced walking alongside her son, Aaron, in his adolescent and young adult life and the hardship that it was as he faced a prison sentence. And we pick up the story here where she is facing this ruling from the judge. And Leela just takes us into the real depths of what it's like to walk through a really hard season with an adult child. And so whatever place you are in, whether you're a grandparent, whether you are a parent right now with young kids, or maybe you're in the season like me in that pre-adolescent young adult phase, it's my hope that this episode would be an encouragement to you no matter what you're facing. So I'll catch you on the other side without further delay. Here is part two of my conversation with Leela Cheely. Enjoy. During this time, you know, we did go through the sentencing and it was on May 23rd, 2013. And I remember just sitting in that courtroom, just praying and praying. And we had been told by the lawyer, there was a possibility of a parole. And so we, we knew it could go either way, but I was kind of prepared for prison. 
And so the lawyer had told us, you know, go ahead and say your goodbyes now because if he is sentenced, you won't be able to touch him or anything. During all the season of all the litigation and the court and all of these, where was Aaron and were you able to have ongoing connection and conversations with him? Yeah, he he had actually, he was, he was actually home. And um, yeah, he was able to be at home with us. And so he was still, he, he graduated from high school. And, you know, he went through all the normal things that were on, on in, in the plans before all this happened. Okay. And so, and like I said, it was a year later that we actually, you know, hit our sentencing date, May 23rd. So In that time, how did your relationship with him go? Because I, I can imagine sometimes maybe a kid would still refuse to talk or share or be transparent. And maybe on the other side, they might break and be sorry and really confide in you. So what was your experience with that? Yeah, we had moments of, of that, of both, actually, Yeah, where he would be really, um, you know, sharing, and then he just didn't want to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we had those moments with him. He, he worked and he worked with my dad. He, he still does. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so he was, he was gone a lot working, but it, you know, it wasn't an easy year, but it was, it was good. It was just really, um, yeah, sitting in that courtroom, I wasn't telling myself that I trusted in myself. I was telling God, I trust in you. I trust in you. I trust in you. So, um, I think that this whole experience, did you get to have that last conversation? Remember when, um, was it the attorney said, Hey, you better go say goodbye. Cause if he gets sentenced, you won't be able to even touch him or anything. They'll take him away. Were you able to yeah, we, say goodbye? We literally had 30 seconds before the bailiff came in and which means the judge mm-hmm. to come in. So we had 30 seconds to hug him, tell him we loved him, tell him that we were praying for him. I mean, we were just, you know, spitting out all this stuff really, really fast. And, and, um, yeah, yeah. And, and that was it. And so when he was sentenced and her, you know, gavel came down that sheriff was right over to him emptying his pockets and handcuffing him and it was like a movie scene he's walking out of the room I love you Aaron I'm like so dramatic you know but it was just such a broken thing but God did things that like for instance um he was in the news prior to this but then they had these big articles on the other kid on the other young men there was a 21 23 and 26 year old involved and every time that those guys would get sentenced, there'd be a big article on them. Well, my girlfriend, Jen Sandbolt, had said specifically just a few days before sentencing that she was going to pray about the media. You know, so she did. And I remember sitting there and the reporter that had done the stories on the other men came in and I was so crushed. I was like, dang it. And she sat there for 30 seconds, got up and left and never wrote a story on him. So God just really, you know, had us throughout this entire process. And we were either going to follow in his footsteps and and get into God's word um, on how to parent Aaron from this point forward, or we were going to be the ones that were going to lose out. And after court, we came home. It was in the morning. We came home and I was just felt so broken. I got into Aaron's bed with his dog and I just cried myself to sleep. And I just, the only thing I could whisper was, I trust you. I trust you. And I just kept saying that over and over again until I fell asleep. And I woke up, I didn't sleep for that long. I woke up and I called down to, um, I don't remember where I called. And they told me that he was already on his way to Omaha where he would be. 
And, you know, even with his birthday, which was just weeks after he was sentenced, you know, I can remember thinking, I'm not going to make it through this. I, we had been invited to dinner, uh, a couple at our church, and I, I was just like, no way. I had vowed, Aaron, Aaron and I have this love for Mexican food. And so I had already vowed that I was not going to eat Mexican food until he was released from prison. <laughs> I guess that was my little way of sacrificing. So he was, he was sentenced on May 23rd. His birthday was June 10th. And the only date that worked for us was she had given me three options. And the only date that worked was his birthday. And at first I, said, I told her no, because I had already imagined myself in fetal position in the corner, crying my eyes out because my baby boy was in prison. And as a, that weekend before his birthday, there was such a release for me, like, okay, God, I trust you. And I remember hearing one time, Beth Moore, she shares it in one of her audio teachings, and she was talking about how she was on a walk, and there was this puddle on the sidewalk, and the little ducks were playing in the puddle, and it was muddy, and it was, you know... And she said, right over the hill, they just didn't even realize that right over that hill was this crystal clear lake that they could have been in. And mm. instead, they were sitting here in the mud. And I'm like, oh, how many times did I do that in my life where I just was like bathing myself in the mud? Going, yes. This is what I want, God. <laughs> you know, and he's just like, oh, you even realize what I have for you over the hill. Yeah. And um, what I was saying earlier about... Um, how our circumstance is not going to strip him of the titles of Almighty God and Wonderful Counselor and Prince of Peace and Everlasting Father. Because from the first page of Genesis to the final page of Revelation, he always wins. He's always the victorious God, always. Always. And I realized that was such a turning point for me in that weekend right before his birthday that I was either going to let God have his way with Aaron or I was going to try to interfere. I realized I did have a journey in that. It was a a loss and fear and and there are so many emotions that I went through when he was sent to prison and shame and just everything. And it was like, wow, how am I going to get through this? You know, and how am I going to get, get past this? There was just so much going Mm -hmm. through my head. And yet, you know, I knew that he was returning home. I'd had, I've had friends that have lost their children and, you know, I, I had that, that exit date. I knew that he was coming back home. And so you know, I had to be sent. It gave me a more compassion for those that they say goodbye to their kids and never um, get to see them again. And, and so it gave me, mm-hmm. you know, compassion there and, and just everything. So it was, a, it was a lot of stuff going in my heart and my mind and, and just everything. And so it was a lot of, I remember I have it in my Bible, um, you know, just different things that he would do that I would mark uh, in my Bible, you know, just different verses that he led me to. And, you know, it was just such a, a difficult time that of really just getting into his word and believing that he is God that he says mm-hmm. he is. And so it, it was a great, it was hard, but it was also really, really good. I have so many, um, you know, so many passages in, especially in the Psalms, where I have my son's name written down and the verses written down. Or I'm sorry, the date written down, and it was just must have been something that I was going through, um, you know, at that time. And God, you know, gave me a word on it, showed mm-hmm. He's still with us. So always, yeah. I think that if we, you know, I think our role is to follow God's lead in parenting and really um, teach them His truth. 
And when we are basing our parenting on what he desires for them, then we parent different. And we're not always going to get it right, but there's a difference in the parenting style. And when we teach them these things from, you know, the time that they're born to the time that they're ready to leave the home, they are the ones that, you know, they're going to think differently too, hopefully, about the choices that they make. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that when we are parenting, co-parenting with God, that the guilt isn't so heavy. You know, like um, we don't try to track down, you know, trace down our own steps of parenting and say, where did I go wrong? And um, it took me a while to learn that. It took me a long, long time to learn that. Mm-hmm. But when I did, it was very freeing. So I would, you know, say, I mean, there's there's things that right now with our daughter being almost 14 that and she's entering high school this year um, that we have to really step back and go, OK, this is what we've taught her. So now it's her time to to either shine or, or fall, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're going to be the way for her. So, right. um, you know, we just need to keep praying and teaching and um, just really leaning on the Lord for guidance. And the surrender of letting God write Aaron's story, you know, as you were separated from him, praying that God would meet him in his low places, yeah. even while being in prison. And then, you know, what I love so much about your story, your whole story, is the ways in which God has redeemed your mud along the way. Um, you told us a little bit about how Alyssa's doing now and, and you know, how that was a rocky start as a teenage mom and, and then what she went through and how he's redeeming that. And then, you know, I know that you and your husband have served at a family life conference to encourage other marriages as you've, you know, navigated the issues of adultery in your own marriage and then also being certified as a counselor through abortion, right? You, it's just God over and over again seems to have redeemed your story in so many beautiful ways to give back to the world. And so I'd love for you to share how he's redeeming this part and what has come out of that, what God's done through it. That was with family life that we can remember. We, um, we volunteered for nine years with them. And that was a, I, I, I honestly believe that the Weekend to Remember conference was the tool that God used to keep our, our marriage intact. Because had we not had that teaching, um, we would have fall, fallen apart easily and gone our separate ways. But um, yeah, I really believe. I've heard so many amazing things about that conference. It was life changing for us. It was really, um, and I, you know, before I was even had a speaking ministry, and now my husband, he speaks in prisons, uh, in our prison here. And I, I would lean over to him and tell him, I can see us doing this one day. I can see, I go, can you? And he'd always say, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> he never wanted to, to um, ever, you know, be speaking in front of people. And now he does. But and then as far as the abortion ministry, um, a certified leader with the Surrendering the Secret by Pat Layton, that is an amazing mm-hmm. um, post-abortion ministry. And I actually just in March became the state ambassador for Nebraska for that. So, but yeah, I lead Bible studies with that. I love that. And um, it's such a big need. I meet a lot of women who have had abortions. Well, you can imagine I meet them when they're delivering, but in their past, they've had abortions. Just so needed. So, so needed. I'm so thankful for you for, for serving in that way. Thank you. But in the aftermath of a son being in prison, who would have ever thought? (laughs) 
the ministry that would come out of that. Share with everyone about what God's done and the redemption of that, too. Oh, you know, and then give us an update on how Aaron's okay. doing. You know, in that in that time that he was there, I got to see him twice a week. In the first month, we didn't get to see him for 30 days and didn't get to talk to him for a while. And then when you did get to talk to him, it was a 15-minute phone call that you would get a one-minute warning, and that was it. It would cut you off. So trying to get everything crammed into 15 minutes mm. was, was really hard. But um, I have in my Bible, I have underlined, and I have it marked um, June 20th, 2013, four weeks since I saw Aaron. Lord, I trust you. Guide me. And I have marked Psalm 48, verse 14. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. And... I think that what I realized with this journey with our son is that the place that he was at was a maximum security prison an hour away from us. In the beginning, I mean, they knew my name. They'd be, hello, Mrs. Mrs. Cheely. <laughs> and they would. <laughs> it's Mrs. Cheely again. Who wants to take this call? <laughs> but, um, you know, oh. from that, it was, I was so lost. I mean, I was horrified when I found out that he could only have two blankets during the winter time, it was so cold. We had our coldest winter ever. <laughs> and I, he was freezing. And yeah. I was just like, I had to remind myself that this is, he's being punished. And and we wanted, um, you know, we always make that clear to people. We wanted our son to get something from this. We didn't want him to go home with a slap on the wrist and then continue in that lifestyle right. that he was living. We wanted him, we wanted this to hurt for him. Um, we just didn't mm-hmm. expect it to hurt so bad for us. <laughs> but, um, but it was a it was a, a good two years that of going through this and um you know I think if I took anything away it's that you know I, I had to constantly remind myself that he was not at camp. He was at the place that God wanted him to be. And that was a prayer of mine leading up to this is if that you need him there, then I trust you. And my girlfriend had me write a post on her blog and I titled it um Keep Him. Because that was the prayer that I prayed for him. Keep him. Because he could either get out early in his sentence, or they could keep him the full five years. And that was something that I really had to release to God and trust him. That if you need to keep my son in there for the whole five years to get his attention, keep him. And as hard as a prayer, you know, praying that for a mom to keep their, I mean, who wants to keep their son in prison? But I didn't want him to return to a prison out here because I, you know, I. If that's one thing I've learned, right, is that we can all be prisoners of something if we allow it to, um, you know, be our stronghold. And so, mm-hmm. it, it just it, this whole experience it taught me so much. And through it, I mean, um, Rob and Joanna Tegan, who were they were writing a, a book called A Mom's Prayers for Her Son. And they were looking for people to um, contribute to it. So I, they accepted my story, and I'm in their book. And I, I love I love their whole It's just an amazing, um, you know, book of prayers for, for your son. And so, you know, he, he brought that out. He gave me a lot of compassion. Um, my sister and I used to do, like, a jail ministry years ago. And he... Um, he brought that back into play for me and just gave me a compassion as I was sitting. Being a writer, I'm very observant. So during our visits with our son, I was just always so observant of the people around us, the moms especially. 
And I'm just wondering mm-hmm. how are they coping? Are they, are they leaning into God like I am? You know, um, because even with God, it's hard. And it mm-hmm. can be. Can you imagine without God? Oh, that'd yeah. be. Well, I can't imagine because I've done things on, on my own. <laughs> so I can't. Imagine. Right. Well, me too, yeah. friend. And it's really like <laughs> hell on earth. Like you're. It never goes God, well. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. So no. it really gave me a compassion for not only the prisoners, but the moms. And so through that, um, you know, I'm doing, I do the prison ministry again. And um, I just, I go to the, the local jail here for the women. And, you know, just different stuff like that, that he's brought, you know, he's put on my heart to write a devotional for moms uh, for the first 30 days of their, you know, child being incarcerated. Because you really, there's not, mm. you know, there's a, a website, I think, that, our state gives you that oh go here but it's not it's not anything that is focused on the lord and so i really want to do mm-hmm. something um with that and so yeah it's just uh, everything that he's um brought out of it has been good and he tells us that in romans you know when we for those of us who uh, love him that you know it'll come out good for you you know um i can't think of the verse he works it all yeah, for good. It all yep. for good. And yep. it's just that really learning to trust and let go and um, realize that, you know, God is the main parent of our children. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I wish this came with a guide. Well, our guide is his word and seeking it. There's so That's many right. times that I just, I, you know, the verses that I read that day, I was like, no way. <laughs> That's why I just have so many things in here that are marked with his name and the date. And it was all in that year, you know, so. But what you're talking about is a surrender because sometimes to be the kind of parent that we need to be, we have to surrender our pride and our uh, investment or motivation or what it is we're trying to get out of the situation because we're sinful too. And our motivations aren't always pure and, and right. I mean, we have we don't want to be embarrassed and we don't want our kids to be disruptive or unruly or disobedient. And, and, um, it's a, it's a tricky balance in it and something that really takes a lot of soul searching. And I, I think it's our trials in parenting that give us the opportunity and the chance to die to those characteristics that aren't the best for us or our kids, but that's a painful process. Right. <laughs> Very. You know, and it's a lot of times that happens. It won't happen voluntarily until we hit some deep mud. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think the beauty that's come out of it, especially in your life, you're just a great example of how God is faithful to work all things for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. That's what you were referring to. Mm-hmm. And uh, even your husband, right? Even your husband has a ministry that's come out he of does, it. Yeah. Does he do texting or something like that? I read. Yep, he has a, that came from his back surgeries. He's had um, four back surgeries and during his recovery time, God gave him the idea of a text message ministry. And so, um, what just started out with family and friends of sending out verses Monday, Wednesday, Fridays is now over a hundred people. And yeah, he just sends out encouragement three times a week. So, yeah. and then he leaves the church, uh, once a month at the prison. Uh, Oh, he does. Baptist okay. State prison here. Yeah. And then he visits guys too. Um, 
you know, guys that have asked him to come visit him. He does one-on-ones with them. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, he's he's got a great ministry there. So That's I haven't beautiful. I haven't got him to tell us speak at weekend to remember yet, but one day. <laughs> One day. I'm cheering for that too. One day. Yeah. I love that. Tell us how Aaron's doing. Aaron is doing fantastic. I couldn't be more proud of both kids right now. Um, the two older ones, you know, the way that they're, they've turned out, I I guess is what we say. Well, God has redeemed their situations because they've said yes to him though. Yeah. You know, God's not going to force himself on any of us. He, he, mm-hmm. he wants us to say yes to him. And then he just gangbusters makes beauty happen out of our brokenness. Right. And I think with Aaron, I realized that the relationship that I want him to have with, with God is probably never going to happen as far as he is going to walk his own path with God. And mm-hmm. I am really, really okay with that because I know that you know, Aaron loves the Lord and, um, you know, that maybe he, maybe he doesn't go to church every week and all that kind of thing, but I can, you can get really wrapped up in, okay, you need to do this and this and this and this. And exactly. And I just think back to that verse of Matthew where it says, seek him. My girlfriend, Tara Illness, she put on Facebook, um, just, I think last week she wrote, uh, she took a picture. She writes like little notes, uh, with a Sharpie and on like a, usually like a, a, uh, anyway, just a piece of paper. But anyway, she wrote on there, seek me on the top. And then she wrote different things like, um, after you check Facebook, after you do this, after, you know, she had all this list of stuff, but every single thing was marked off and it crossed mm-hmm. out. And then at the end she said, first, I thought that, that is the thing right there. You know, that is the thing seek me first. And, you know, I pray that for my kids, that. um, after I pray that God interrupts their day, <laughs> that, right. that they will really seek him and, you know, seek him first above anything else that has been a temptation in their life. And, um, I don't know. God is good. He just. And giving the freedom for others to seek God in their own way. Like you said, you know, we often think it has to be like the same as we do it. Exactly. And that just leads to a bunch of yucky judgmentalism and mm-hmm. condemnation and just a bunch of more mud, you know, a bunch right, more right. mud. Yeah. So, um, and it's a good lesson for us with our kids too, as they go through adolescence and young adulthood, that they're, we have to allow God to not only write their own stories, but allow them to connect with him in their own way. And it might look very different than ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so hard yeah. though. <laughs> I know. It's like, I, you know, and I just think when he, when, you know, they have kids of their own that they're going to be able to look back and go, okay, this is, they're going to, they're going to understand why mom was such yep. a freak at moments. You know, yep. You're probably going to get that apology get call. Gonna, yeah. And I know Alyssa sees a little bit of that now and, and she's not at the point yet of teenagehood or anything. And that's when it's, you know, really going to come her way where she's going to be calling me and apologizing to me. That's right. <laughs> and the mom. cycle continues. I know. Yeah. So good. But, so yeah, good. Well, know, it's just, I don't know. I, I think it boils down to just relationship with God. Before we try to get the relationship that we want our kids to have with God, we, you know, not focusing so much on that as far as allowing God to do his thing with them. We teach and then we trust. Mm-hmm. You know, we teach and trust. Right. That's got to go hand in hand. And right. I just, um, in, in some of the talks that I give when I speak, I share about, you know, Psalm 24, 8 and 10. And I love these verses because 
Um, it says, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Verse 10 says, who is he, this king of glory? The Lord almighty, he is the king of glory. And I, whenever I read it in a conference, I, I read it with passion because I don't believe that, you know, David wrote it from, huh, who is this king of glory? I think it was like, who is he? You know, just like right. I had a notebook moment with him. Like, what kind of God does this? Who is he that he would go to this length for me? And right. it, it comes down to, God, you know, the, way, the reason that David was able to ask the question and then turn around and answer the question is because he had relationship with God. You know, That's he right. had that relationship. And, you know, I can tell people, you know, hey, this is what God's done in my life. And, you know, what kind of God is this? And it's because he is strong and mighty and he's the Lord, you know, mighty in battle. I mean, I can say these words mm-hmm. because I've done them. And, you know, it's, it's exciting. I love seeing what God's doing in the heart of my kids and all three of them. Um, Gentle guiding. And as we spend more time with God, too, we become the kind of people that they would desire to be. You know, it's I think our kids more. um, What is that saying? Um, It's more caught than taught, so to speak. So we can lecture them and tell them and instruct them and make all the rules. But really, at the end of the day, if we can transform our character and be in relationship with God, that's going to be the best example for them yeah. um, in the way in which to walk. And that's that's what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. Some days. So, so beautiful. <laughs> Some days. Well, I'm yeah. with you. It's a struggle. But we're, we're yeah. you know, we're human beings who are just, you know, God is faithful to meet us in those places where we struggle. And I think, you know, I think you would champion with me the fact that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that his love for us is great and um, there's nothing we can do to make him love us more and there's nothing we can do to make him love us less. And there's a lot of um, security in that. And he promises to redeem our mistakes and your life is a beautiful example of that. And I'm so thankful Mm. you've been here. Share with everyone where they can find you online and read more from you. I know you blog and speak and um, where can they find you online? Um, I write over on my blog. It's by my name. So it's L-E-L-I-A. My last name is C-H-E-A-L-E-Y. So it's LeelaChili.com. And I write over there and I, I've just hit and miss over on the blog. But um, it's usually when God okay. says share something that I'll go over there. and um, Right. So every couple of weeks I go over there and share. But I do um, speaking. Yeah, I've, I've gone to... Um, you know, I've never been to Pennsylvania, but I've been there three times in the last couple of years. <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> like, I remember I embarrassed the heck out of my husband the first time they asked me, uh, a college, a university asked me to speak there. And I had asked the lady, I said, now, what is Philadelphia or Pennsylvania? Which one is the state? He was like, are you serious? And I was like, I'm so confused on these keywords. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> so, I, I but wherever like, it is, I'm going to speak the yeah. best I can. Oh. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I've been to Pennsylvania three times. And just I love um, going to women's conferences. And, of course, I have my own here in Nebraska City, March 11th and 12th. Um, that's at refreshmyheart.com. And, um, okay. Well, I'll link to all of that in the show notes, and I'm sure um, all your social media 
places and they can track you down if they want to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Well, Leela, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story and for being transparent and allowing us to learn from your wisdom and experience and um, just the struggle that it is as we try to be the best parents that we can with God's help. And so I know you and I are agreeing together, whoever's listening, that if whatever they're facing in their parenting journey, that they would find great comfort in pursuing God and their relationship with Him, and that as He has promised to give wisdom, that they would see His wisdom and walk forward. And, you know, it doesn't promise that there's not going to be mud, right? Right. (laughs) There will be mud, but He promises to be with us in it, so... So thankful exactly. you've been here. It's been great to talk to you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And, you know, Second Chronicles 20, and it, we read it out of the NIV version, but that is a staple for us during hardships. Um, there's just so much in this, um, packed into this chapter, and it has really helped us, you know, get through it uh, versus, you know, 1 through 30. And it, we've learned so much from it, you know. Yeah. Um, for so, any yeah, of us really as parents, recommend. yeah. Yeah, I, I really high, highly recommend whatever you're going through. If it's really something that you just feel like you can't see any hope in it, that you just turn to Second Chronicles 20. Again, I we study it off the NIV version, but I, I liked how that it's worded in there and everything. So it's really helped us. It's been a staple of ours since 2008. Mm. <laughs> we going back to that. Um, God's so. word is timeless for all yeah. of us for all time. Yeah, I love that. Well, I hope you have an amazing day. Hopefully you can survive the humidity of summer. And if you see some fireflies, catch one for me because my grandma was from Iowa and I have wonderful memories of visiting there in the summer and catching fireflies and uh, just such good memories. So I'm fond of the Midwest. you You don't have fireflies in California? We have no fireflies. My children, oh. my children have never even seen a firefly. So sad. Oh, I know. I need to repair that. I need to remedy that. Yeah, for sure. You need to, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They, my uh, granddaughter was over here the other night and actually they were leaving to go home and she bolted out the front door screaming, Grandma, Grandma, I see a firefly. Give me a jar. So <laughs> I know. The jars for the kids. So and, um, fun. Yeah. She just love them I know you know when we were kids we used to take them and smear them on our fingers <laughs> for a ring isn't that just horrible uh, I have not taught them that and I'm, I hope nobody ever teaches them that it was horrible that is so, so um but yeah they're they're just so pretty and fun they and, are and love that part and there's just something about the porch and the midwest and the humidity and the tea and the fireflies and I don't know it's just nostalgia <laughs> to me so come on down um, and the thunderstorms too. The thunderstorms, the summer thunderstorms are incredible. Except yeah, when you have to go to the basement. Yeah. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> well, I will yes. let you go. Have an amazing day, Leela. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna start the, the goodbye, and then don't hang up when I say goodbye. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Um, so I hope you do have an amazing day. So we'll talk to you. I hope to talk. Okay. Let me start it again. I am so bad at this. Ah. Okay. <laughs> You're great. So I just hope you have an amazing day. I'm so okay. Wait. 
I, the problem is it's not natural, so it's not sounding right. I know. Totally. Okay. So I hope you have an amazing day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> that doesn't make sense either. How are we going to say goodbye, Leela? We just can't say goodbye. No, we, can, we won't say goodbye. I'll just... Wait, until we meet again. Until we meet again. <laughs> fireflies, fireflies. Fireflies in the summer in the Midwest. Okay. Well, hope you hope you have an amazing day. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Wasn't that so funny how we ended that conversation? I have to tell you a little behind the scenes. I left that blooper in there because I thought it might be a little bit of a lighthearted thing for you to hear. But what you don't know is that my entire conversation with Leela got interrupted about four times with some dropped calls. And so one of those times was at the very end when we were trying to say goodbye. And so when our call was reconnected, the only thing we had left to do was say goodbye, but we had to record a goodbye. And uh, yeah, it was just awkward. So when you make a phone call only to say goodbye, it's strange and weird. So anyway, I left it in there. I hope that you got a good laugh out of that. But seriously, all the links and things mentioned in this episode, you can find them on the show notes page, JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode 58. And if you would like to receive some, you know, quotes that Leela shared in these two episodes, I've left it as one PDF for both episodes. If you received it last week, you don't have to do it again. But if you didn't get it and you want it, all you have to do is text the words episode 57 to the number 33. 444. Again, you text episode 57 with no spaces to the number 33444 and follow the directions as you get a text back and you will receive that PDF for free with those quotes from from Leela. And it's my hope that that's an encouragement to you. Now, before we go, I also wanted to mention to you if you would like to get a free audiobook today, All you have to do is go to mudstoriesbook.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial with Audible. And once you sign up, you can download an audiobook for free. And it's a 30-day trial that you can cancel at any time with no cost to you. And you still get to keep your audiobook. And so I just completed another audiobook this last week. And I love using my time in the car for listening to audiobooks. It's like I'm reading while I'm driving, which is so super great. The only challenge is when you want to write down what you're hearing so that's that's hard but audiobooks are fantastic I'm loving them and I would love for you to enjoy one for free so again go to mudstoriesbook.com and you can get your free audio download today Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and for sharing it with your friends. I know that if there is someone who you think that these mud stories would encourage, I would be so thankful if you would just send a text, send an email, send a message, maybe share on Twitter or Facebook, or you can go over to iTunes and leave a rating or review. That will help more people find this show. And it really is because of all of you sharing that this podcast is growing. And so I'm so very, very thankful not only for the people who are willing to come and talk to me on this show to share their mud so transparently to encourage and inspire us, but I'm thankful for you for showing up each and every week and downloading this show and sharing it with your people. And I, 
I just, it's my biggest prayer and hope that there's somebody out there today who is just drowning in their mud, who just can't find hope, and that because they found a Mud Stories podcast, that they would have renewed hope today. Not only hope in their own heart, but hope to know that Jesus is with them in it. He is with us, and He is for us. He goes before us, He goes behind us, and you are never, ever alone. And so until next week, I will say, whatever you're facing today, wherever you've been and whatever lies ahead, may you find a grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day. I never in you ever feels a press upon my mind I pull a shame that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul As you lift me out of my muddy hole You wash me up with your sweet grace And you lead me to a safer place song to sing, a grateful song to sing.